Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Eagle Eye Podcast L3 edition. It's episode 22, and today we're joined by a very, very special guest. But before I introduce the man himself, let me introduce my co-host, as always, Mr. Dylan Jimenez. Dylan, how are we? Living that last day of that triple-digit heat, man, so... We're finally getting rid of those triple digits down here in down here in Seawater, man. <laughs> <laughs> get the get that water in, right? Yes, definitely get that water in. It's very important. <laughs> All right. And introducing well, I'll be introducing our guest today. Uh a new friend of the pod, Mr. Ricky. Ricky, how are you? What's up, guys? Hey, that water you're talking about, we're about to get it over here in Dallas. Oh, really? I'm about to get some rain? Yeah, everybody gets some. We're supposed to practice soccer tonight, but that didn't work out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, at least you guys will get some rain. Over here in California, I I, I think we're officially back in a drought. I'm not so sure. But I haven't seen rain in a while. So I think rain is going to be one of those things that you tell your kids that, you know, it happened. It used to happen. It just doesn't happen anymore. Hey, man, you're probably right. (laughs) Nature just doesn't seem to like the california life but it's okay because somehow we'll make uh fake rain and substitute that with real rain but um yeah i'm done i don't know i just kind of lost my train of thought but we're back ladies and gentlemen i hope you guys did enjoy the last episode and uh now we're back here joining us uh ricky ricky want to tell the people anything uh you know maybe kind of just introduce yourself well, uh, I'm from Dallas. Um, your guys' last podcast, man, it was I was really intrigued by it. I mean, I know I told you before that you know I don't speak much Spanish, so uh, just the fact hearing you guys, you know, talk about stuff in Spanish and not being frowned upon, because you know, you know how it is. So, yeah, I mean, um, I'm just thankful you guys let me come on here, man. It's awesome. I'm glad to be here. Awesome, awesome. No, I, it's 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 always great when people try to reach out and and and, and they want to come on and we're we're always open to the to new voices on on the podcast, um, just because I think it's very important that as a community, because at the end of the day, is what we are. Whether you go for one team or another, I think at the end of the day, we all support the Mexican national team, and uh, we're all kind of just in this big community. And at the end of the day, we you know it it's kind of in our nature to kind of just grow as a community and, and help, you know, be the voice for other people and, and, you know, to be able to have you and countless other people that we've had on here before that have told us, you know, that they want to jump on the pod, you know, it's, it's, it's just great to be able to kind of, you know, give you guys a little bit of a segue so you guys can speak with what you guys want to know. And I appreciate that. All righty. Well, Dylan, you ready to jump into this? Let's get to it, man. All right, we got a heavily packed show. We're going to be kind of just breaking down all the news that have been surrounding L3 for the past couple of days. We're going to be breaking down that 1-0 victory over Scotland in the Despedida at the Estadio Azteca. And then, of course, we're going to be looking forward to Saturday's matchup against the mighty Denmark over there in Copenhagen. Uh, And, yeah, gentlemen, are you guys ready to talk about this? Let's do it. Yes, definitely. All righty, so... Let's talk about the big news that happened today, and that was Diego Reyes is back training with the squad. I'm going to throw it to you first, Dylan. When you hear this news and you hear that Diego Reyes is finally training alongside his, uh, alongside everyone else, what is the first uh, reaction that you get to this? 
it's very good news for the national team going forward into the Denmark game too as well. Uh, a lot of doubt, especially whenever it came to the Scotland game, you know, Diego Reyes, especially on this Cuadrado with some of the big names that headlined that were doubtful and obviously did not play in the Scotland game. And so, you know, it's good to see him back in training and prepping for uh, the Denmark game, which, you know, he'll probably get some minutes, you know, no, I don't think he'll start, but we'll see how many minutes he gets whenever it comes to the Denmark game. And it's good going forward to go into Russia too as well. Ricky, as a fan, seeing that uh, the one player that was maybe in doubt out of all of these, what uh, what was your uh, in- initial reaction seeing that uh, Diego Reyes is finally back training with with the squad? Makes me happy. I'm real excited for him. I mean, he's been down he's been down for quite a while now, so for him to bounce back at this time is perfect for us, especially when we're lacking in the center back position position right now. We need all the help we can get, even if he's a center defensive mid. We know he's going to have to go back there a few times to play that position because of our lack of depth back there. No, I I, I, I agree completely, completely with you. Diego Reyes is back in training, but there is still doubt as to whether or not he will be 100% ready for the World Cup. We will see by Saturday if he will get minutes against Denmark. Shout out to Mr. Tom Marshall, who's just been covering the Mexican national team, and has been keeping all of us up to date within the English uh, community. So thank you to him, who's kind of just kind of helping break uh, all this story down. And also, um, if worst case scenario was to come and he does not make it to the World Cup, I, I know Ricky was t- was was touching upon this a little bit too. Does that should that even worry us a little bit more because of that depth that he was talking about? No, I mean, um, no, I mean, uh, to be honest, you know, what I've seen right here in the chat too. Um, Le- um, Le- Leva said, "I would rather have Eric Gutierrez than Diego Reyes because he's a true defensive midfielder." I, well, to me, I think Diego Reyes is one of those guys that uh, Juan Carlos Sardio, um likes and is going to want and, and trust in Diego Reyes too as well. You know, there's always been surrounding two people saying, I don't want Diego Reyes on the national team. Diego Reyes should be on the national team. You know, it's 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 really a 50-50 on this player. And so, you know, really, you know, it's, it's, he's just one of those players too, like I said, you know, that Juan Colosario trusts and he's going to obviously take with if he's going to be healthy and fit. Yeah. Uh, he's one of those, like we we talked about in the last podcast. Uh, he's one of those players that uh, have been under the under the Juan Carlos Osorio era, and that you know Juan Carlos Osorio trusts a lot in. Um, let's hope for for his sake, because I think he's very he, he he's very adamant about going to this World Cup. He's, he's he's been working real hard. Of course, you can only speed up a recovery so much without actually even hurting yourself even more. So, you know, let's hope that Diego Reyes does actually make it because he does add a little bit of that depth. He might not be a center mid in the in the works kind of like Eric Gutierrez. Um and and even to to point out the comment, I don't really think Eric Gutierrez is a defensive midfielder if if I'm mistaken. No, I don't I don't think so either. He's more of a playmaker. Yes, he is. He is. He's more of a center mid that can go into the attacking. Yeah, so it it it's very interesting on that decision for them to call Gutierrez instead of calling somebody who we can use in that center back position. I mean, uh, you know, I, the whole Alani's leaving him out. I agree to a certain extent because he's not been particularly good for Mexico when he plays, when he plays for the national team, he hasn't. I mean, he's proved that he went to lot with the, uh, the gold cup last year. He was, he, I think it was one of his worst tournaments he's ever played, but I mean, it's just interesting that, you know, 
they call a creative midfielder. When we have we see with all the talent up front with those with those uh, creative midfielders that we're calling another one. So I'm interested in maybe they can slide. You know, I mean, I don't wanna, I don't know who they could slide in, but it's just interesting that they went with that pick. It is. It is a little bit interesting. Uh, and I think uh, one of the players that I think me and Dylan both kind of were rooting for that would stay, but we kind of had already thought that he wasn't, was Jesus Molina. You know, a player that can play in that center defensive mid role who, you know, does does it really well and, and has done it very well and even can slide into that center uh, center back position because we've seen it. He's done it a little bit with Monterrey in this past season when 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 he's needed to. So I think I, I think he was one of those players that too would, could be very versatile, um, but unfortunately, I think Juan Carlos Osorio decided to uh, to to not take him. And Osorio alluded that he was going to take him. Yeah, which was very it was very very strange that he left left him off because he talked about how he's versatile in the air and there's no other player like that on that exactly. team. Exactly. So that was a shock to me. And I think it's 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 an important thing to remember because I think one of the things, if you look back through the tra- trajectory of the Mexican national team, what is the one thing that we've always kind of, everyone, every critic has always said about Mexico? It's that in set pieces or in the aerial battle, we always seem to not uh, be the better team at it. We, we've always struggled in that sense, regardless whether it be the height or, or not the quality of players but now you have someone that could definitely bring bring that quality into the team and and you could use utilize them in, in a very good way but you know now you kind of just leave them off the squad and send them home you, you kind of have to worry that you know do we have enough players with that aerial battle that Juan Carlos Osorio was saying Jesus Molina is so good at especially with Germany in our group yeah I mean, those are big guys so it's like that's very strange that again Molina was left off yeah, Molina is one of those big debatable players. A lot of people will debate about Molina not going. Um, but I think you still look at the squad, and, and I think it still gives you hope, and, and you still trust in, in, in the decision that these players will go out there and, and prove and, and hopefully make history. So we're here yeah. for. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, the only thing, you know, that you, you see, too, is uh, this this team lacks a, uh, a true defensive midfielder, too, though. Um, you know, you see that, you know, Jesus Molina uh, was obviously going to be there, you know, whenever Juan Colosario really seemed like he was going to take Jesus Molina, but ended up cutting him instead. And then a lot of people, too, you know, obviously calling for Gaito Vasquez to be called. Um, I mean, you know, you know what Gaito Vasquez did back in the in the 2014 World Cup and whenever he's going through that cycle, too, as well. Yeah, yeah, that that probably would have been another player that definitely, you know, and you can attest to what he's done because he, he's done such wonderful things, Ricky, at Santos, that he probably would have been one of those players. But I think, unfortunately, again, because of the whole height situation that Osorio has, um, I, he, he doesn't get looked at. Yes, I agree. I mean, he did incredible for us this year. He held on the middle, especially he was he was very, very crucial in the final against Toluca with the, all that depth they had in the middle and how strong they were under the attack. So, but uh, I mean, we we could sit here all day and debate and 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 talk about what players should have gone, what players need to leave, and all that stuff. But I think at the end of the day, you know, we have these twenty three players plus one that could potentially come in. But you know, let's let's hope that the original twenty three stay as that, and you know, hopefully there's enough uh, there's enough time to gel them all together and for us to make a great World Cup. And I think now it's just a matter of time of actually getting these players to play with each other the way Juan Carlos Osorio intends them to play once Russia comes, uh, which is just literally just around the corner. So 
that's kind of uh that's kind of that what I wanted to touch about about um uh Diego Reyes. Now, before we talk about the big scandal that was uh the the, the night of the despedida at the Estadio Azteca, interesting enough, Juan Carlos Osorio looks like he's been working with a potential starting eleven that will maybe feature against Germany. And this is how it goes as follows. It looks like he's putting Ochoa in goal. At right back, we have Edson Alvarez. In the center back position, we have uh, Salcedo and Ayala. No, excuse me. It's, is it, wow. Now I'm getting my, my facts confused. Yeah, no, you're right. Salcedo and Ayala? Yeah, you're talking about the lineup, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. Salcedo, Ayala, Layun on the left, in the left back. Instead of defensive mid, Rafa Marquez. In the midfield, you have Hector Herrera and Andres Guardado. Uh, in the wide position, you have Carlos Vela and uh, Chukilusano on the left. And up top, you have uh, Chicharito Hernandez. Is that what you have, Dylan? I'm pretty, I, I, know, I know what you're talking about. I'm pretty sure that that's what I saw, too. I'm, I'm, I'm looking that up right now just to confirm that. Okay, so let's, let's roll with what I said. Uh, Ricky, hearing this, that this could potentially be the starting eleven, is there? Are, are are you going confident with this lineup? Are you a little bit worried? Is there someone that maybe shouldn't be on here? What's uh, what's what's your what's your train of thought here? The only th- I like everything about the lineup. The only thing I'm a little partic- little bit worried about is the Hugo Ayala. Um, I think with Tigres, he is outstanding. He's one of the best center backs in Liga Mexico. So I mean, I think he's perfect. In in the league. Okay. Okay. Oh, we got a little bit. Oh. <laughs> he got <What> a job. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> okay, oh. we are having a little bit of technical uh, issues, as always. It wouldn't be a podcast without these technical issues, would it, Dylan? No, it really wouldn't. Uh, we seem to have them all the time. Oh wow! Well, uh, let's let's go quickly here to the to the to the to the live chat. Uh, Mr. Israel Morales said Osorio has never used a center def- defender, center defensive mid. My big surprise is Pizarro being left out, being the best player in all Mexico. Now that is very very debatable whether he was the best player in all of Mexico, but he is one of those players that even you, Dylan, has said. Uh, we're quite surprised that did not make this final twenty third, uh, this you know final twenty seven preliminary roster. Yeah, it was it was a big shock, really, you know. But you know, whenever it came down to it, too, a lot of a lot of people people said and the reports saying that uh, Juan Carlos Sardo was looking at you know players playing the secondary position too as well. And you know maybe he just didn't see that in Rodolfo Pizarro as well. But you know it, it still sucks to see that you know. I, I think Rodolfo Pizzotto was doing really good and really deserved a call-up, but he didn't get the chance. All right, Mr. Ricky, you are back. Looks like we had a little bit of technical difficulties. It's cool. It, it always happens here. It's, it's, it's kind of expected already. It's raining hard over here, so it's about to start hitting me. All right. Well, oh, man. Where, where, where did I get cut off at? <laughs> Dylan, uh, I believe he got cut off. You know what? Just, just, just go back to you were talking about um, – uh, what I had asked you about uh, the lineup and then whether or not you kind of like it or if there's anything you wanted to tweak about it. Yeah, the only thing is uh, that I'm a little worried about is uh, Hugo Ayala on the ball. Yeah. As far as his, his aerial game, I have no – there's no doubt in my mind his aerial game. He's perfect for uh, like what we said about the set pieces. He's perfect. Uh, him being on the ball, I'm a little nervous about, especially with the Wales game. He gave away some balls that were pretty yeah, – uh, he did. They were they were pretty bad and I didn't I didn't like it too well. 
Um, again, that's why I'm a little. I hope that Diego Reyes comes back. But again, back to the lineup. I think everything's good, besides Ayala. Okay, interesting. Now I have a couple people on the live chat that say that uh, they would rather prefer to see uh, maybe not Ayala start and maybe and not Rafa Marquez start either. They would rather have Rafa Marquez uh, sit this one out and put Jonah in that center defensive mid position. Um, what do you what are you guys thoughts on this? I'm um I don't really I don't really see Jonah at center defensive mid. You know I I, I feel like anything we're gonna see Hector Eda back there if, if that if that's if that's gonna be the case. You know because obviously we still got Marco Fabian, you got Andres Cuadrado too as well. And so you know I, I, I feel like we're gonna see that. I mean I don't know. I mean like sometimes sometimes you see this and you you can't really predict these starting eleven. The Juan Carlos Osorio um whenever he comes out with them, I mean, it's kind of hard to predict too. No, yeah, I agree with you. I agree. Um, I think the only thing I have worried about is the fact that is that whole Rafa Marquez thing. I, I, I would have rather see maybe Edson Alvarez in that position because let's be honest, me and you do not want to see Edson Alvarez in the right back position. No, I, no, that, and, definitely, and especially against Germany, you do you don't want to see that. No, especially with the position. I mean. Yeah, I mean, you you saw him thrive with it at the uh, at the Gold Cup, but ever since then, I mean, you don't see him doing that no more at the right back position. You know, um, you see him start the past two games too at the right back position. You know, he he did subpar at least you could say that. But I mean, shoot, man, once it came whenever he switched to that center defensive mid position, that's whenever it was game over. You know, he he did great. He stood out. Yeah, I mean, he had a, a. I mean, it's one thing to play against Nicaragua and right as right back, and then you play against Germany at right back. That's yeah. that's a whole different situation. I can only imagine what Marco Royce would be would be thinking about. I mean, and this is not to bag on on Edson Alvarez because we, I think, me and you both have expressed how much we it, just admire this kid and how well he's done. Um, I, but I think he 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 thrives so much better in that midfield. Uh, in, in not in that midfield, but in the center of the pitch, uh, whether it be center back or center defensive mid, I think that's that's where you need to play him. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. But you know, at the same time, you know, whenever you see it, the the center back spot too. I mean, you're, it's not making that much room for Edson Alvarez too, as well. And, you know, you're only, you're really going to see it as see that him as that position as a substitute, which you know, you don't really see a lot of substitutions right there at the center back position too, as well. So I mean, it really, it's really going to come down to being the center defensive mid or the right back position too as well. Now, yeah, I I I agree. Well, let's let's see what happens. That was kind of what Juan Carlos Osorio was kind of just kind of tinkering at. Um, whether or not that's that's going to work, we'll, we'll have to wait and see um, when the day comes and exactly what the lineup's going to be. So, uh, Ricky, are you still with us? Yes, hear me. Uh, looks like you're you got a little bit of a static. Can you hear me a little better now? Now we can hear you. Yeah, there you go. Okay. All right. Yeah, the video's not working with me right now, but I'm here. All right. Perfect. Perfect. Glad to hear that. Glad to hear that. Okay. So, um, yes, that was kind of the lineup. Actually, let me let me switch it. It was actually uh, it was Hector Moreno instead of Hugo Ayala, um, and that is pretty much it. That 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 was the only one that was. So the center back position would be uh, Salcedo and Hector Moreno. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I really think that's gonna work. I mean, even even Salcedo, you know, uh, whenever he was brought in against Wells, you know, 
definitely made a huge difference in, in the back line too as well. And I think he's doing great at the center back position too. Oh, yeah. I, I agree. All right, Ricky, um, anything else you want to add on to this whole lineup? Um, no, I'm, I'm a big fan of it. All right, perfect, perfect. We'll, we'll end uh, that little bit of news on that take. We'll predict our starting 11 for what we think is going to be the World Cup now that we kind of know the final squad, and then uh, but that'll be later on in the show. So right now, as things stand... Uh, it looks like we have about 22 fit players that are going to be going up against Denmark, which is great. We, I think we're finally going to see the potential starting 11 come Saturday, no? Yeah, I definitely think so. We're really going to see that starting 11 more uh, come Denmark too as well. Because obviously, you know, uh, Juan Carlos Sardo is going to want to have those 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 players uh, moving forward and getting a little form and everything. So we'll see how that goes too as well. Alrighty, now let's talk our last bit of news about L3. And uh, thanks to La Resaca Americanista, our good friends down in Mexico. <laughs> he reports that uh, Herrera is back with the team in concentration in the hotel at the training camp after coming back with uh, potentially less teeth after uh, rumors state that he went to go uh, take time out to go see his wife. And why? Well, because the tabloids kind of exploded with uh, news of the Mexican national team members having a party afterwards against the Scotland game and which uh, reports of about 30 allegedly, this is not confirmed, allegedly uh, escorts, VIP escorts that were there. Uh, there was a whole bunch of players involved, uh, just to name them off the top of my head, uh, Gallardo, uh, you had both of the Dos Santos brothers, Hector Herrera, as mentioned. I think uh, Jimenez was there. Ochoa was there. Um, all of this kind of happened. All of this went down. And this kind of was kind of blown up and made into a really, really big scene. Um, and obviously, right before World Cup, this is not exactly good publicity in any regards. Now, gentlemen... Knowing that you guys saw this, knowing what the tabloids are speaking about, knowing what they are saying down there in Mexico, nothing is 100% confirmed, though. Nothing has been exactly 100% confirmed saying that, you know, these were actually women of the night like that. Uh, you know, we, we don't know exactly everything that went on inside the house. It does look like the party went on for almost about 24 hours. Um, Dylan, I'm going to throw it to you. What exactly is kind of your thought process uh, whenever this, you know, tabloid news headline goes out? And when I first saw this, I was, I don't know, man, I was, I was a little disappointed to see this, both from, I guess you could say, a, a fan standpoint, and really, you know, I, I don't know, I know, me and you kind of talked about this off, off the, off the air too, a little bit too, as well. You know, I'm kind of. To be honest, I'm just kind of on the fence about this, you know. I mean, really, and it's just it's just seem like you know, at the end of the day, you know, these guys are people too. You know, they should have their own private lives, you know. But at the same time, you know, that's not acceptable for that stuff to get out. You know, it's not good for the team. It's not it's not a good show for uh, the, the face of the team as well too. I mean, really, I mean, it's, I don't know, man. It's just it's just I'm just having some mixed feelings about this, really. 
Now, I know a lot of people say that they're professionals and they don't have that much time to even relax. And, and, and it's just one night that they should be able to enjoy themselves the way they want to. There are a lot of people that are okay with this. A lot of people also on the other side saying, no, it's not okay. A lot of people are, you know, embarrassed by the fact that these you know, these players are going out there into the World Cup and representing them in that fashion, in that statement. Um, and and maybe just to kind of throw my two cents in there, I'm kind of in, in, in kind of the same kind of limbo as you, Dylan, that, uh, you know, I, I kind of want to believe that these players did not, you know, in any way kind of do anything bad. But at the same time, you, you, you kind of have to remember that this isn't the first time that some of these players have been involved in kind of a scandal like this. Um, you know, there's... It's quite a, a few times where, where we can talk about the players, you know, and, and, and you know, their nights out with uh, w- with some of these people. But um, I think the most important part thing is that they, like you said, they, they have to remember they're, they're kind of a public figure at this point. Uh, you know, they're, they're role models to a lot of people. A lot of young, a lot of little ones look up to them and a lot of them want to be them when they grow up. Um, and you can hear countless of stories of, you know, uh, how a player is really off the pitch and whatnot. But I think they owe it to themselves and I think to the rest of the nation, especially in the World Cup year, that uh, th- that they should be able to keep their image as good and as clean as possible. And and regardless whether or not these allegations are 100% true or not, I, I think this still looks bad upon them. And they could have easily found maybe a different way uh, to maybe enjoy themselves and not kind of cause a scene like this. Uh, Ricky, I'm, I'm going to throw this to you. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on this whole scandal? Um, I'm in the middle, too. I mean, uh, these guys, they are they're, – they're, at the end of the day – like the uh, secretary said for the federation, that um, these guys pretty much are grown men. It was a free day. They, they're, they're free to do whatever they would like to do in their free days. Yeah. At the same time, uh, they are on the biggest spotlight. I think of all the national teams, they're going to be the biggest spotlight besides the champions in Brazil. Mexico's definitely up there in top five. So uh, it's it's a bit reckless and careless to do st- the stuff that they were doing. Um and I mean, it's put. I feel like it's put people like Hector Herrera in in very difficult positions where now he's got to explain to his family what he was doing. So um, uh, then again, this is the good thing about having Marquez there was that he can pull these guys aside and talk to them, give them a stern talking to, and say, "This is look. This is you, you guys are in the spotlight. You can't do this." And it, especially it coming from him with what he's going through, I think it'll resonate with the team to where we'll be good for the World Cup. I agree. I agree. And then I'm not the only one that will agree with you. I think maybe Dylan agrees as well. And and also right here, Mr. Leva from the group chat said he, he said literally the same thing. He says he hopes Rafa really put them all in their places after that night. Um, and, and I really hope so, because um, let, let's be honest, it's, you know, it, and some of the players that were named are quite shocking to some of us. Um, but but still, you know, regardless of the fact, yeah, you know, we're all down the middle here because we, we, we want to believe that these are good, good you know, they, they they know what they're doing. They, they didn't have a mindset, but you also look at the, at the pictures, at the tabloids, and, and hear this and that, that you're kind of skeptical about it, but you don't want to believe everything you hear because, of course, I think the best kind of outlet that you can have is actually these players coming forth and actually speaking about the situation. And also, I mean, we, we know the way the Mexican media is. Um, I mean, it, 
it's it's very very uh dramatic i guess you can say so yeah. i feel like there's i think i think the story is a little accurate but there's also some things that are stretched that are very far-fetched i heard that there was one speculation that the lady or guy whoever reported this uh even said that they were there an hour earlier than the national team got there it was just a whole miscombobulation where it doesn't fully make sense yeah so no. it's just pe- people were taking these little facts and they were running with them so ah uh, journalism at its finest in mexico yes. yeah that that's exactly what i was gonna bring up too is like you know how you know how the press can be too in mexico so but i mean R- ricky just basically just covered it all for me <laughs> basically but i mean just to kind of just you know kind of end it here all in all um, you think uh, you think this is gonna affect the team going forward into this World Cup, Dylan? I guess we'll find out against Denmark. See how the team performs. Okay, Ricky. I think we'll be fine. I think this is the the whole thing of I think Marquez is perfect. I was I was skeptical about bringing him uh, to the World Cup, uh, but this is perfect. This, this explains the reason why uh, Osorio brought him. So I think it's perfect. Wow! Just imagine. It, all of this because of Rafa Marquez being there. Yep, just his presence. Yeah. Well, let's hope. Uh, let's hope we're, we're we're right and none of this actually affects him. Hopefully, Rafa Marquez has this all locked down, and hopefully, we can move forward and talk. Uh, you know about more pleasant news, like a potential victory against Germany. That's what we're all hoping for. And in order to actually get to beat Germany, first we have to see how we do against a very, very good Denmark side. But before we talk about Denmark, I think it's important that we talk what happened in the Estadio Azteca that night against Scotland, a game where Mexico dominated, I want to say, about 90% of the time. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean... A performance that was a very dominant performance by the team, but you see the scoreline. It's a 1-0 victory over us, and at the end of the day, the the players end up booing the national team and start chanting uh, Fuera Osorio. So, I mean, it was not a pleasant game to watch in the sense that we were just chance after chance after chance missing. And I think, Dylan, you quoted this perfectly uh, when you said that you kind of wanted to tweet it out. You know, I'll, I'll just let you say it. I just felt like we're watching America again. Couldn't finish some chances. <laughs> exactly. Anyone who knows and anyone who's been watching the Eagle Eye podcast for the last season know how much we, we, we said that America was just no shooting boots whatsoever. Chance after chance we got, we just blew it. And I, this was Mexico. That that Mexico was like America. And maybe it's because we're playing in the Estadio Azteca. I don't know. Um, but still, it, it wasn't good enough. Uh, I think the only bright side to this is the fact that, one, you get Giovanni Dos Santos another goal to put under his belt and maybe lift him to a little bit more of a confidence boost. And two, you uh, you 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 get a full 90 minutes for a couple of players that you're looking at in the starting position and no injuries. Yeah, definitely. The inju- injuries is a big plus, man. I mean, definitely something you do not want to see, especially and especially against Denmark, too. You're not going to want to see that, and you're not going to want to see that in training. You're going to want to see everybody fully rested and healthy come Germany time. No, yeah, definitely, definitely. Ricky, uh, quick thoughts on exactly your uh, your perspective on the Scotland game. Yes, I think – y'all hear echo, guys? What? Do y'all hear echo? Uh, just very little. Very little, okay. Um, 
I feel like Giovanni, that was his ticket to work on. I feel like before that, I think he was out, but that goal saved his chance. Okay. All right. Understood. I, I think a lot of people will look at it that way, too. I think they see that Giovanni scores. They see that Gio had this great opportunity, and he puts it in the back of the net. Let's, let's be honest. The, 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 the two best friends linked up together for that goal, Carlos Vela and Giovanni Santos, we know what they're capable of, and we know what they can do together on the pitch. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely a, a plus to have Gio in, in somewhat of a good form coming into this World Cup. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that goal with huge boost and obviously you know um Gio didn't even celebrate with none of the teammates with him. he just went straight to Juan Carlos sorry <laughs> like yo and, you need to take me now <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> probably what happened probably whisper whenever they gave a hug yeah a little whisper just like don't forget to take me <laughs> but, um yeah it, it, it was nice to see that uh but I think uh Leva puts it perfectly in 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 summing it up here, he says, Mexico dominated, but everything was so sloppy, they just looked off. And I think that sums it up perfectly. Mexico dominated, but at the end of the day, we were sloppy, and we just didn't look like the Mexico we know we can be. And I think that's fair enough to say, but also, we need to question, why exactly was this team so sloppy? What exactly was throwing us off? Was it the lack of game time that these players had with each other? Uh, maybe a little bit of fatigue. What, what for you guys was the main reason why we looked just so off? Ricky, I'll throw it to you first. Oh, we can't hear. Oh. oh, looks like we're having a little bit of mic issue with Ricky. Uh, Ricky, can you hear us? All right, Ricky can hear us, but we can't hear you, Ricky. Can you oh. hear me now? Now we can yeah, hear you. Now we can hear there you. we go. Okay. So um, the whole the whole thing with the with the Scotland game, I think it. Okay, we all know about um, Osorio being very uh, a tactician of a coach, where yes. he does all this experimenting, and I feel like this is where it's starting to catch up a little bit um, because of all these players that have not played with each other on a very on a very uh, often basis. So. I mean, I, f- I feel like this is what that's why they, they played as sloppy as they did because there's not much chemistry there. Everybody's getting switched around in different positions. They're getting told to do this one thing that, that now is starting to catch up with the chemistry. Okay. Uh, that's that's very likely true, I think. Dylan? To be honest, I really don't think it was that sloppy. You know, I, um, really, I think sloppy is not even the word I would really use. I, I would say our finishing was sloppy. But when it comes in terms of like team play, you know, linking up together, I think I think it was there pretty much for the most part. I mean, yeah, I mean, you look at the stats, you know, twenty nine total shots and eleven on target and only one goal. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just that finishing still, man. I mean, that's what really was sloppy. To be honest, I don't think as a team we were really sloppy. Just the finishing part comes down to it that we were sloppy. I mean, okay, uh, this this is. This next statement, no don't no uh no disrespect to Scotland, but is it because we were playing against Scotland in the Estadio Azteca with home advantage with the altitude that we looked better than Scotland, that it looked like our passing was just better, or was it actually better than Scotland in general? I mean I guess, I guess that home that home advantage could that I mean it always goes to good good use at times, you know, the altitude, um 
you know, just the heavy breathing, you know, especially the home advantage because you know how the atmosphere gets in the Azteca too as well. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, Scotland had their not necessarily fair share of chances, you know. They didn't really have that many. I can't even remember a Scotland chance. But I don't know, man. I, I feel like the team went out there and, and really gave it all their all. Okay. That, now, you touched upon atmosphere in the Azteca, and, and that's important that we jump into this next topic because the, the, the stadium just seemed to get even angrier as the minutes went by, as the chances kept missing and missing and going, that eventually the stadium turned on the team. The stadium turned on the team. When Scotland was moving the ball around, they were olaying the Mexican national team. They were chanting... Fuera Osorio, and they booed the players at the end of the 90 minutes. Now, for you gentlemen, is this fair? Do the fans have a right to do this? Do you think they were in the right, or were they wrong? Were all 72,000-plus that attended that night wrong to boo and chant Fuera Osorio, or do they have some merit? Ricky? Again, to, to what you said earlier um, about the Scotland squad, no, no disrespect to them. Uh, it's just, I, I, I personally, I expected a three-goal game. Exactly. I expected three goals. Yeah, so, I mean, I, you know, I, I understand the frustration because we, we have somebody come to our house and they, we, don't, we don't pretty much obliterate them like we think we're going to obliterate them. And, um, I mean, the Osorio, the Fuera Osorio chance, that's been going on since Chile. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I mean, <laughs> and I mean, he's not gone, and I think for good reason he's not gone. His record is good enough to where he should be here. I think he deserves to be the coach. Um, this just there's things that he does, like the experimenting, that really just makes people angry, and that in particular the Mexico fans. Yeah, yeah, Dylan. Yeah, I mean, I I get it too. You know, you know, I I did expect a, a three goal game from Mexico. You know. I guess you can see with all the chance, you know, you expect a little more too as well. But, you know, hats off to, to Hennessy, man. Oh, no, it wasn't Hennessy. No, Hennessy's Wales, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. But to the to the goalkeeper too, I mean, he had a handful of saves too as well whenever you, whenever you look at it too. But um, really, I don't I don't really think this goes back to Osorio, man. I mean, I mean, you look at this 11 and you think to yourself, okay, this is 11 that's going to go out and get a very good, uh, very good performance and a convincing win. But, you know, the players didn't do that itself. I mean, you can only do so much coaching. You can only do so much from the, on the sideline, too, as well. I mean, the players got to go out and execute the game plan, too, as well. Which I think they did to to, uh, to some extent. I think I think you have to give Osorio the merit that he he, he feels his, his team out. He gives them certain instructions. He gives them a certain tactic. And they go out and they perform and they get the job done. At the end of the day... Whether you win five goals or one goal, you still won. Yeah, and and I, I really think this win will carry over too as well. I mean, to be honest, you know, um, even when Carlos Osorio came out and said in, in his press, he said, "I didn't even hear the fans chanting uh, for Osorio," which, which you know, wh- whether he's telling the truth or not, you know, <laughs> everyone, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. gonna hear it down there. Yeah, but, I, I but, think I but, think he's but, learned to block it out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I really think he just learned to block it out, and you know, to to realize, you know, what what's expected and what's to come, and you, you know how the, the fans can get too as well. You know, um, going back to you know 
to the to the game. You know, I understand the frustration. You know, the, the chances were there. It's just the players didn't finish it. And, you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, a win's a win. You know, it sucks to to hear that the team got booed because you know that's not really how you want to send off your your team into to the biggest stage on the world there is. No, yeah, I agree. Look. This I, I, I'm, I'm gonna just wrap it up with this. I think the fans have a right to protest their anger. I just think they did it in kind of a wrong manner. I think yes, they right. were frustrated because they weren't seeing a lot of goals. There was a lot of chances. We missed a lot of them. But at the end of the day, if you sit down and you focus on what was more important, the team building, the chemistry, I think that in total. I think that's what we need to take away from this. And I think the best part about this is the players themselves, they know that they got booed. They know that they kind of were not on their day, but they all left with their heads held up. They all kind of just went on about it, and they said the goal didn't go in, but we liked the way we were performing. We liked the way we've been playing. We were sticking with our manager. He's telling us what to do. We're going out there. We're performing, and we're going to keep moving forward. And that's the right attitude to have as a unit, especially going on into the World Cup. I think it's exactly what you need to see, and I think that's just going to grow the team more as a whole. And hopefully, come against Denmark, we're going to see that because we're going to talk a little bit about that game. Let's be honest. Denmark is no Scotland. No, no, it's not. Not at all. Not at all. It's it's, it's going to be a different... Uh, different from Scotland, obviously, but I feel like uh, they're playing Denmark to get a feel of what it's going to be like to play Sweden. That is true. That is true. Well, let's jump into that preview then, gentlemen. Mexico will be playing Denmark on Saturday. I believe it's 10 o'clock in the morning here, Pacific time. That means it's noon-ish for you guys over there in Texas. And, of course, that is uh, 1 o'clock for uh, our people down in the East Coast. Gentlemen, you excited about this? Uh, I think it's been a while since we've seen a little bit of uh, some good football action. You guys ready for this Denmark game? Yes, it's perfect. It's a perfect, perfect dress rehearsal for the Sweden game. Um, it's the first time that we're seeing a number ten player um, in with with Ms., with, with Ericsson, the Tottenham uh, center mid. So, um, I mean, I just think it's perfect for just to get just to get any game against a European team is good for Mexico. Any any game gets a European team. Um, unfortunately, the, you know the Croatia game. Hopefully, they've learned from that and they were able to move forward and tweak the things that they need to tweak in order for us to be able to hang with these European teams because these are the ultimate tests for us. That's true, Dylan. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. Um, I feel like the team's grown since since the Croatia game that you know Ricky uh, mentioned about. But you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see how uh, the starting eleven comes out too, like that, because you know we're going to see the players that are potentially going to be starting against Germany too as well and and seeing who Juan Carlos Osorio is going to want to start too as he substitutes those players in too as well. I think the <laughs> most beautiful thing about this is yeah. the fact that you're so close to a World Cup that now you need to kind of feel that starting 11 on both sides, Denmark and Mexico. You start to need to feel those starting 11 players because you want to get rhythm, you want to get chemistry, you want them to start, you know, getting used to that. Uh, because I see in the group chat that someone says, I'm really hoping Ericsson plays. I think all of us are really, really hoping that he can play. Um, although it looks like Leva is breaking a little bit of news for us. It looks like Ericsson might might not play because of the birth of his new child. Oh, so wow. let's see. Let's see whether or not he does make it. Hopefully he does because he's going to be a great test for us. But if you look past Ericsson, there is so much good talent that this Denmark team has. Yes. Now, luckily for us, 
I think this is the best bit of news. Lord Bettner himself will not be in this squad. <laughs> if so, I think maybe we would have, I think, called it a, a wrap and kind of would have gave Denmark the points there. Uh, not even the points, the victory, excuse me. Yeah, I think so, man. <laughs> Car- Carlos Vela was always better than him at Arsenal. <laughs> that would have been nice. Yeah. Reunion. But, uh, yeah, the the kind of maybe face to this team that is Lord Bettner not going to be there. Um, but it you look at some of the players that they have. I mean, you, you see Paulson, uh, the Leipzig striker. You see uh, just kind of the midfield that they have. They they have some really, really good talent. Obviously, Ericsson being kind of the big name for them. But all around, I think they have such a really, really good squad that I think will be the perfect test for us right before the World Cup uh, because this could be a game to prepare us for Sweden. And it could also be a game that could prepare us for Germany in the fact that this Denmark team is going to be physical. And we know that the Germans will be too. I mean, their yeah. center, their center back is is the center back that used to play for Liverpool and now Sevilla, Kajer. I oh, mean, yeah, oh, yeah he's he's an elite center back in the world. So, I mean, you know, it's it's not as elite as the the back four for Germany, but it's still good to have that kind of that kind of talent to be able to play against it. So, I'm excited. I'm really excited for this game. And, and let's not and forget it, too. Oh, go ahead, Ricky. Go ahead. And it's also their send off game, so they're playing with they're playing with with something. They're playing with a chip on their shoulder. So oh, for yeah, us, definitely. it'll be perfect. Definitely. Exactly what we want. We want to be that upsetting team. We, we want to go in, in into their stadium and be able to take it down because um, that's going to be great for morale for us. If, to be able to beat a team like Denmark, which let's face it, a, a lot of people will look at Denmark and they're like, oh, it's just Denmark. Like, you know, they, they, they don't see this as a very good squad because, you know, Denmark never really has had kind of like a Ronaldo or a Messi-esque time, type of team. Uh, but like we, we mentioned, they have so much potential, so much good players. Uh, you know, uh, Manchester United's own legend goalkeeper's son, Kasper Schmeichel, is going to be on the on, on, on the field, most likely, the Leicester City goalkeeper. Uh, I mean, you're, you're going to see a lot of really good players out there on the pitch, and I think this is perfect for us. This is absolutely what we need. Uh, and exactly what do you guys want to see from, from, from whatever 11 players field, field that stadium? What do you guys want to see from the Mexican national team? Dylan? Really, you know, talk, going back a little bit, talking about the starting 11, whenever you, you said, you want to see, what do you want to see from the starting 11? I really think we're going to see maybe five, maybe pushing a little, maybe a six players that started against Scotland that we're going to see again start against Denmark too as well. And so, you know, you're going to want to see this. You want to see the same momentum going forward. You want to see the same style of play and the same chances created too as well going forward you know and obviously just just finishing off the chances whenever you have them because you know that's something you're going to want to do against germany because if you don't if you're not taking chances against germany then you know it's going to hurt you in the long run no yeah definitely ricky what are you looking forward to this uh side uh simple simply goals we need goals goals i mean it's one of those where that's going to boost morale alone it's just getting goals getting on that score sheet getting players' confidence up, and, I mean, you know, ultimately that leads to a win, and that's what we need. We need to win. That way the morale's boosted. That way um, our players are, you know, coming in with – they're coming in hot. It's very, very big. We've seen teams in the past where uh, they come in hot in the World Cup. I mean, we saw Colombia. They came in hot, and look how far they made it. So, no, I mean, yeah. you know, it's very, very big on form. Form is just very, very essential. And right now I think our form is very – uh it's a, it's at a median right now, so I mean, I, we need to get over that median and get going forward. That way, we can 
get far in this World Cup. All righty, gentlemen. I agree with exactly what you both said. Now, before we talk a little bit more about this, before we can go any further, I want you to give me your predicted lineups for this Denmark match. I'll throw it to you, Ricky. Then, Dylan, you can give me yours. And then if I have anything to add to any of your uh, any of your guys' squad, I will do so. So, Ricky, give us your uh, predicted starting 11 for Saturday's matchup. Um, at keeper, of course, I got Ochoa. Um, left back, Leon. Um, center back, I'm going to have to go with Moreno and Sarcedo. Um, right back, I'm, I know I saw the podcast last week, and I know – uh, we're not very fond of Gallardo, but uh, I I think he's going to be in that in that starting eleven. Uh, Osorio's been he's alluded to it a lot that he he really likes this guy. He's young. Uh, I'm personally, you know, I'm not a big 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 fan of him, but I mean, I, I'll I'll go with it. We don't we don't have much you know depth back there, so I'm, I'm yeah. that's fine with me. Um, at center center defensive mid, I, of course. I know this sounds weird, but I I. Acha Acha has always been a box to box, yeah, he has. midfielder always. I think he play. I think that center back position is perfect for him, to where he can get up in the attack, but he'll also come back because he's got that kind of uh, that kind of strength to be able to go back and forth, back and forth for all, all pretty much 80, 90 minutes. Yeah. Um, cool. I think the left left mid will be uh, Corona. Okay. I think the right mid will be uh, Lozano. Okay. And I think we need to get Fabian back in. Back in the starting lineup, he's okay. in form. He's hot right now. Why? Let's just keep it going. And then I got—I know this is not very ideal as well, but I got Vela and Chicharito up top. Even though the Osorio doesn't really particularly favor two strikers up top, he prefers a one striker. But that's my—that's my starting eleven. Okay, that's your starting eleven. I like it. I like it, Dylan. Yeah, uh, what's yours? You know, I'm sitting here listening to Ricky's and comparing it to the Scotland lineup too like that. And I've already mentioned to you too, you know, uh, <laughs> pre- predicting the lineup ain't very, ain't very easy, man. They're kind of hard to do too Especially as well. Yeah. So um, obviously, you know, uh, Juan Col- uh, not Juan Col- uh, Guillermo Ochoa in goal uh, at the left back. I, re- I guess, I, I guess I'll go with Layun, uh, Carlos Salcedo, uh, Hector Moreno, the right back, right back, just really hard, you know, because we see we've seen Edson start there twice already. Think you're going for a third in a row? I, re- I really think so. I really, okay. I really think to so. go for third in a row for Edson at the right back. Uh, uh, Hector Eda in the CDM spot. I like to see Marco Fabian, and I feel like he's gonna place Gio in there somewhere up there, and it's gonna be Chicharito and uh, up top, and Vela and Lozano on the wings. Okay, okay. Now that you two have given me your prediction, I am going to tweak a little bit about it. I see Layun on the left back. I do see Etan Alvarez in the center back. The, the Both center backs, you both agreed. I agree with those. In the center defensive mid, I think we're going to see Rafa Marquez. We're going to see Rafa Marquez in the center defensive mid. We're going to push Hector Herrera. And we're going to see, I, I, I do agree, I think we're going to see Marco Fabian. And then on the left, we're going to see Chucky Lozano. On the right, Carlos Vela. And up top, I want to say, yeah, Chicharito. 
I want to say that's going to be the lineup that I'm I'm giving. So three different lineups for you guys to choose from that are you listening at home or listening live right now. Let us know which ones uh, you guys prefer, which ones you guys like. And uh, that should be interesting. Let's. Uh, I think regardless of the fact, though, because I'd be happy with either of your guys' lineup. Let's let's be honest. I think regardless of what we feel out there, I think it's important that whoever just steps on the pitch showcases that they want to start against Germany. You right. know, I'm I'm not even surprised if 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 we see Miguel Layun back in the midfield spot, like where yeah. he started against against uh, Scotland too. I mean, it's just totally unpredictable right now, man. It really is. Osorio is yeah. He's a, like I said earlier, he's a tactician, and we can never. It's like guessing the lottery with that man. So, <laughs> you never know. That's true. That's true. Well, you never know. I mean, he might. Mm, I don't know. He he. Yeah, you can never predict these things. So, and and in that case too, I think me and you, Dylan, are really bad at predicting lineups. This whole last season for America, we I don't I don't even know if we even got one right. <laughs> I'd have to go back. But I think I got one or two right. But uh, one of one of, or two out of what twenty plus games. Be a whole other story. Yeah, we're probably <laughs> we're probably not the right people to bet on if if you're gonna bet on our lineups. But um, and and then I also don't see, I mean Chucky Lozano. Yeah. I okay, in 2010 the way that we brought in uh, Chicharito, I I don't know maybe maybe Osorio takes that into consideration because we we didn't throw. Chicharito in the mix immediately when he was he was very very uh, informed. We brought him in as a super sub, and I mean he did great in the 2010 World Cup. So I mean maybe Osorio takes the same same approach, and we see more uh, you know Vela on the outsides and more Aquinos on the outside. Um, so I'm I'm just real curious. I mean it's already a week away from the World Cup. It's it's, it's getting really you know my I get I get goosebumps. Just it's so <laughs> I love every four years. So I'm excited, man. I'm really excited. I think you speak for everyone. It's been four long, long years. We're almost there. We're ready to go. All right. That is our predicted lineup. Gentlemen, with that said, give me your predicted score lines for this game against Denmark. Dylan? I go. No way, man. I like it, but I really think I'm, I think I'm just going to go with the 1-1 draw. Ooh, okay. 1-1 one, one draw. Okay. Ricky? Um... Of course, I'm biased, so I'm going to go with 3-1. I, 3-1, I, mean, I like it. I yeah. like it. 3-1 to Mexico. Um, I'm going to go with a 2-1. 2-1 victory. I, 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 you know what? No, I'm going to go 2-0. We're going to win 2-0 against Denmark, and we're going to be the Dosa Cero for them for eternity. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, that's my prediction. That's yeah, the prediction for you, gentlemen. Uh, you know, in in the chat we have Mr. Leva himself saying Mexico two, I mean uh, Mexico three, Denmark two. Uh, still, as long as it's a favorable result, as long as we see the team perform as well, and I think the less goals that we concede, the better that it is for us. And I think keeping a clean sheet against Denmark, woof. I think that boosts your morale even more as not even just for the goalkeeper's sakes, but I think the whole defense and the team itself to see that, you know, we ha- you have such a strong back line to be able to hold off, uh, you know, Denmark in their own stadium. I think that's actually going to be uh, – that, that's going to be good. Again, yeah. like any, 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 any European team like that to play, especially at their home where we're – you know, we're not we're, – we're, let's be honest, we're, to, to them – it's like vice versa with us with the 
with them. Like they're expecting for us to go over there and they're expecting for them to beat us. So, I mean, it's going to be very, very interesting. We need to be the upset of the night that night. As repetitive as that sounded. But uh, Chicken Biscuit in the group chat said 2-1 victory to Mexico. They're finally going to get their shooting boots on. Let's hopefully, hopefully Mr. Chicken Biscuit is correct and we do get our shooting boots. Uh, gentlemen, anything else you want to add on to this uh, little preview that we had? No, no, I'm fine. No? Ricky? Uh, no, I mean, I'm just excited. <laughs> I want to, I'm, I'm excited even for the, for the Saudi Arabia Russia game. I'm just not even that excited. <laughs> oh yeah, trust me, I, I'm excited as well. I think I think we're gonna have a TV at work, and we're gonna be able to watch the games while we work over there. So I'm excited about that. I don't know how efficient that's gonna be for uh, productivity, but you know, at the end of the day, it's the World Cup. Come on, those 30 days of productivity would be down everywhere. Yeah, it's only 40. It's it's only comes around four years. Come on. <laughs> But, uh, all right, I think that wraps it up, our little preview for Denmark. It looks like we're both, we're all adamant about uh, a good Mexico result, about a good Mexico victory. Now, I want to briefly touch upon this because I think this is, needs to be covered just in case. In the worst case scenario, and knock on wood that it does not happen, if Mexico were to lose against Denmark and we played well, how is it that the team's going to take it? We already know how the media is going to take it, but how do you think the team moving forward into the World Cup will take it? Um, it's <laughs> it's going to be the same way the media takes it. These guys are they're real hard on themselves. I mean, you know, they have they <laughs> in, Me- in Mexico and just Mexican fans in general, we put them on this pedestal. We do, and I mean, I think that they, you know. They want to be on that pedestal, so I mean, for them to to lose would be devastating, I guess. You know, angry, Dylan. Yeah, the, th- the thing is, though, I feel I feel like with Rafa Marquez and Juan Carlos Osorio, they're they're gonna take away the positives and they're gonna they're gonna implement these positives into the training, and obviously, you know, they're gonna take those weaknesses that they had, some things that they struggled with, and put that into training too as well. You know, because you know how much Juan Carlos Osorio loves to take his notebook out and just write stuff down. <laughs> That is true. That is true. We'll see whether or not it's blue pen or blue ink or red ink at the end of the day. But I hear them talking see. about that lately, and it just makes me laugh. Like, gosh, that's how much. That's how much the the eyes are on Osorio. Exactly. That's how much <laughs> that they can dif- <laughs> differentiate from each ink that he uses. So we'll have to wait and see. Hopefully, though, like I said. The result is in our favor. We go out there, and I, I, I have faith in this team, and I have faith in these players that they can go out there and prove that we're the much, much better team than Denmark, even though Denmark, like we mentioned, has a very, very good squad and very, very good players. Hopefully, Eriksen can feature because I think having the, the number 10 for Denmark out there is going to be a great challenge, not only for our defensive unit, but also for how we can hold the midfield down with a player that knows how to run it very, very well. So, I think that wraps it up, gentlemen. Uh, like you said, nothing more to add, right? No. Nope. Um, All right. And so we are very confident down here at the Eagle Eye Podcast that we will be getting a result. Now, for those of you who are interested in this matchup, remember, it's Saturday morning. Get yourself some uh, bread, some toast, and a little bit of coffee and get ready to watch this if you're in the uh, Pacific Coast. If not, then get yourself some lunch because everywhere else you guys will be enjoying this and the sun will probably be out. Uh, without anything else said, uh, you know, gentlemen, 
I think we're both we're all excuse me I'm just so used to saying both because it's usually just me and Dylan but I think we we're all we're all ready to see a team perform and and like we said we're just a week away from the World Cup which is exciting. Yes, finally after four long years. Ah, uh, four long years. I didn't have this beard, so that's, <laughs> how, that's how that's how long it's been. <laughs> four, four, four years and still no era penal. No, no era, no era penal. Mr. Chicken Biscuit said, get some pan dulce. Yes, it's a pan dulce indeed. All right, well, that wraps up the L3 edition. If you guys want to uh, follow us on Twitter at the Eagle iPod, we'll, we'll be uh, live tweeting this uh, match as much as we can, giving you guys the very most important uh, just details about it. And then, of course, giving you guys news updates as we go. Mr. Ricky, let them know where they can find you on Twitter. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Thick Rick. Uh, as you see, I'm thick, so I'm, my name's Rick. So, uh, <laughs> at thick Rick. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I'm, I'm always on there. You know, feel free to follow me. Let's talk soccer. I mean, these guys, I appreciate you guys, you know, letting me on here. It's awesome. I mean, I hope one day I can come do it again with you guys. I don't have so many technical difficulties. Um, no, it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> encourage them. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, you know, you guys have been awesome. Uh, I'm glad, you know, we were able to form this friendship, you know, that – we can continue to talk soccer, support Mexico, and you know, whenever the the guia comes around. <laughs> no, yeah, we can, we, we can be enemies. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. We can be we can be sports enemies. That is correct. No, it's 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 wonderful to be able to connect with people like you all around the world. Thanks to the world to the world of Twitter, to the world of YouTube, all this social media. It's amazing. Um, you know, we've made a new friend in you, and and a friend of the podcast as well. Uh, we'll, we'd love to have you on again uh, whenever Santos and America play. I think you're the right person that we're uh, that we're gonna call to get uh, to get that preview done, my man. Yes, I'll be I'll be I'll be waiting, <laughs> and, and then I'll make sure I wear my Cesa Pudo shirt. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, Ricky, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for 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 being a, a great guy. Make sure you guys do follow him on Twitter. The guy's amazing. Guy knows so much about what he's talking about, and, and, and it's great to have another voice out there. So thank you so much, and uh, we'll definitely be talking to you very, very soon again. Thank you so much. And you guys, y'all keep it up, man. Y'all are doing good stuff. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. All right, Ricky. Thank you so much, my man. No problem, y'all. Oh, well, there was Ricky. What a man. What a great, great person. Uh, I think it's just wonderful that, that that we can find people like this, Dylan. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Uh, especially whenever we get the feedback, you know, that people keep telling us to keep doing what we're doing, you know, just to keep going forward, you know, they're liking the content, you know. There's a lot too. So it means a lot to us too as well, um, us doing this and everything. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, let's uh, move on here real quickly. I, I, we're going to break down a little bit of what happened in the draft for those who are here to know all things about Club America. All right, Dylan, uh, what uh, what do you have in mind about the draft? Give me your give me your two cents about what happened. Well, um, just kind of go over a little bit, you know, in case people, you know, people probably have ever seen it, but you know, just to go back over it a little bit too. Uh, William da Silva is off to Toluca. Uh, Alo Cruz is off to Lobos on loan. Diaz to Atlas on loan, and Marine in Cordova to Necaxa on loan. Uh, William da Silva's move is permanent too, as well, and so you know. Obviously, a lot of people probably pleased with that move, <laughs> with him being gone. You know, a lot of people did not favor William da Silva to be with America. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, yeah, I, I I agree with you. Um, although some people actually did like him, some people actually thought that he was actually a good a good player. Um, 
I think he had his moment. Unfortunately, he got injured, and because of that, he just kind of was never the right person again. Um, but uh, as uh, Mr. Chicken Biscuit puts on the chat, we signed a right back. And yes, Correct. we did. We, we signed the right back. It, uh, who is that right back, Dylan? Uh, Sanchez. Jorge Sanchez. Jorge Sanchez. Promising, promising young right back. Of course, is the starter for the under-21. And uh, shout out to them who are going to be playing in the final of the Toulon tournament against France. I don't know. Excuse me. Against England. <laughs> I guess that, I think the, the tournament's in France and they're playing England yes. in the final. Yes. Yes. So. Dylan There's coming that. to the rescue. <laughs> so well, I you you broke it down for us. A lot of people going out on loan. Uh, a lot of good young talent going out on loan, which I think is perfect. I think it's exactly what we needed. I, I think it's exactly what we need them to get minutes and us to kind of you know get a little bit more of our starters. Just kind of that you know free room to know that they they're gonna get a little bit more game time, especially with with the cup matches. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think these loan moves are good. You know, one one thing, you know, not necessarily disappointed, but who I wanted to see in the medical jersey uh, this coming up in Tuda was Alo Cruz. You know, I, I feel even though we did sign Luis Reyes, you know, I felt like that would have given Carlos Vargas more opportunities at the center back position, and then Aldo Cruz would have been there. But now we see Cruz go on loan, and so now you see that Carlos Vargas is going to have to to step up in, in case needed at that left back position too as well. Especially with Julian da Silva gone too as well. I mean, it's it's really just going to be Luis Reyes and Carlos Vargas. Yeah, that's true. But you never know. We might bring another player from the cantera to to fill in that role, and then Carlos Vargas can definitely go into that center back spot. Yeah, yeah, we can see that too as well. And then uh, other players too that we said that were, that have left the club was uh, Cordava. You know, obviously too at the uh, Torreon tournament too as well with Linus and Vargas. You know, um, I really think he's come off the bench. Maybe once every, every game. Once. Yeah, every, and I don't think I, I don't think every game. Almost every game. Was it almost every game? Yeah. Are you sure? No, yeah, I'm positive. <laughs> okay, because I'm not positive. Okay, I'm just I'm just making sure we're positive about that. I always see that he's coming in and in and like around seventieth minute, I believe. But yeah, he's 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 putting in work. Okay. Okay. No, I, I was, I was just making sure I wasn't totally for sure if he, if he's been coming off the bench or not. Um, I know he hasn't started the game though. Linus and Rodriguez, on the other hand, have started in every game so far, I believe. And they are making a wave. Yes, really are, really are. Especially Linus. Linus always um getting that interest in France already from two teams. Oh man. Well, we'll see what happens. We'll we'll, we'll let people know as the, as the story develops. But just mm-hmm. to touch upon about what happened in the draft, as we mentioned. Just that one signing, Pio uh, Herrera uh, said that they're actually done looking in the in, in the local market. That they're happy with the uh, with what they got. Oh, as crazy as that sounds, we only got one player. Um, but now it's just a matter of of, of kind of wrapping up the whole uh, foreign striker that we're looking at. Yes, which you know, um, really we haven't heard nothing more than the talks are in advance with Luke De Jong too. Um, nothing more than that. Uh, I know Ivan was telling me last. You were telling me last night too, Ivan, that uh, Joseph Martinez from Atlanta United is on the radar uh, for America too, and I can't remember the, the other one you told me too. Uh, his name is uh, Dost. Dost. I, I don't know. He's he's. It's oh, like, from from Sporting Lisbon. Yes, from is, Sporting, Lisbon. Sporting Lisbon. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, you guys, you know, just we'll keep we'll keep our eyes on that. You know, um, nothing more has come from the Luke de Jong. Talks to they are in advance as, as the last thing we've heard, and obviously the two other players that you know 
I haven't we mentioned too as well. If our good friends from the Resaca Americanista are listening to us right now, is is there any any updates that you guys know of? I guess we'll just kind of wait to see if they if they if they're still listening, and and they can write something in the chat. If not, I, I guess we can reach out to them and see exactly what what they've heard down there. Because you know, of course, they're they're a lot closer to the club and 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 they 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 get to hear stuff a lot more than we do over here in the states. Um, another one too, gone that we haven't touched on yet was uh, Wedo Diaz gone to Atlas. You know, he's a player that um, I just feel like he just did not grow enough. Uh, he 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 reminded me so much of let's see if true Americanista fans remember this guy, Danny Marquez. Danny Marquez. That do you? I don't know if you remember him. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think I was uh, Americanista. But you weren't. You weren't. <laughs> you baptized into that culture years yet. Um, yeah, he reminds me a lot of him. Uh, uh, for those of you who do know who he is, uh, he was just kind of one of those promising, promising young players, uh, kind of like Suniga in a sense. You know who Sunny is. Yeah, I so, know who Sunny is. So he, you know, one of those players that he came in. He looks like he was going to be that great number nine that we needed. Didn't get enough time, and with the few little minutes he got, he wasn't able to do a lot. He was kind of inextinct. Uh, he kind of didn't really exist on the field whenever he was on there. He had his couple of goals here and there, but after all, you know, at the end of the day, it's just like Guadalupe. Well, it did. It, it didn't work out for him. And, you know, these things happen. I mean, the kid has great talent. We've seen him not only in what he's done with the Sub-20 in, in America, but what he's done with the Mexican national team in the in, in, in the U-20s also. He's got talent. Yeah, yeah, I, I really, I, I think so too. And uh, one interesting stat, you know, well, I mean, it kind of goes off the subject of what Elias that I'll bring up in a minute too. But, you know, Really, you know, he was there. You know, he he did make a couple appearances. You know, with the with the senior team too, as well. But you know, just wasn't there too. For really, if 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 you think about it too, you know, you get the occasional um, header on goal. You know, but it doesn't get in the back of the net. It's either over the bar, it's it's too wide, or it just goes straight to the keeper. I mean, really, I mean, there's, there's not a lot that comes of Weddle Diaz to me. Yeah, yeah. Our good friends, uh, football forever. Make sure you guys go subscribe to the to them. Uh, said I remember him. He is now playing in the Atlante. So shout out to you, Mister uh, Danny Marquez, who is playing in the Atlante. Oh, how we miss Atlante! Not really, but you know, they're just they're just one of those teams that I guess will always stay in my memory for what they achieved in my time. But um, yeah. Unfortunate for what it is that he wasn't able to, you know, kind of sparked up the way Earl Jimenez has. Um, but I think at the end of the day, this this loan move could be perfect for him. Mm-hmm. And Marin also gone to Nicaxa too. Um, in- interesting stat that I found um, w- w- within the 2017-2018 season. I'm guessing it's both the uh, Apertura and the Clausura with the with the Suventus. You know, uh, Marin was able to score 20 goals in that time. Wow! Really? Mm-hmm. Twenty goals. I mean, he's he he's a natural goal scorer. Just again, not a player that got a lot of minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I feel like it could be a little different, but I really think this loan move is good for him too, too as well. You know, I feel I like I want to see these guys succeed. Yeah, yeah. I want I want to see these guys succeed and come back and actually like fight for a spot and get get some decent minutes when it comes around for the first team too. Now that we're talking about old. Well, not old players, but players that maybe have been forgotten. This is a this is a relatively player that played for us maybe like two years ago, probably 
Do you remember Cachi Rivera? No, it doesn't ring a bell, to be honest. Really? Anyone in the comment section, let me know. Do you guys remember who Cachi Rivera is? He was supposed to be he was supposed to be the Diego Linus of his time. I'm just putting like putting it like that. I'm just saying. And who remembers Cachi Rivera? I remember he then went on a loan to Veracruz or I, I don't remember where he went, but let me know if you guys know. But uh Ricky, who was just on the podcast not that long ago, said Atlante equals easy win in the two thousands. LOL. That's true. They they except when they played America for some reason every time as you I've you you've 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 witnessed this Dylan. Whenever we play against an easy team, they always play their best. I think I think we saw that against uh, Veracruz. Exactly. <laughs> <Klasuda>, man. Exactly. <laughs> we snuck away with that uh that uh, that draw. That draw, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm looking at this now and uh it seems like he's with the uh, uh, Minineros de Zacatecas right now. Oh, okay, so he's in the second division right now. Yeah, yeah, he, he went on on loan with Veracruz and then Ocaxa, and now he's in the second division. Like I just said. Okay, then okay. Yeah, wow. So. All right, then. Well, that's that's another story to tell, though. With yeah. Ocaxa, you better. <laughs> but um, other than that, I think we I think we covered everything um, transfer related wise. You know, with the, with the drafts going on, and everything. Yeah, the draft was actually for the first time in a long time. I can say very quiet for us. Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously, you know, just just waiting on some, some, some more big... news with with this with this Dijon thing going on. Yeah, hopefully by the end of the week of the World Cup, when it starts next week, uh, we get some news. Um, I just think the f- the sooner we can get this wrapped up, the sooner you can come and start training with the team, the better. Actually, I lied. People, uh, like you said, man. We still don't know anything for sure about Mateus Uribe still. I mean, that's oh, that's just, true. That's, that's true. That's, 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 he could potentially true. leave, in, especially after the World Cup. I yeah, think so there was I, like some figures about 20, about 20 million. That's I think so. I mean, look, I, I'm just saying 20 million for a guy. We did, not, we, not, we did not spend 20 million for him. But if you can get a 20 million profit, can you imagine? Like, uh, I mean, the guy's, what, 27? 26? That, that, that uh, I want to say he's twenty six. I think um, so. He's not gonna get any younger. He, you know, let him go play in Europe in his prime. Twenty million, you can, you you can definitely find someone that can suit his spot very well. Yeah, yeah, I, I really think so too. Bring back Molina. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh, could you imagine that Guido Molina partnership? Wow, that is a lot. That is a lot of center defensive mid action going on, <laughs> but really good. <laughs> But really good. I think we'd be very, very safe. And I think that would give Menace such freedom in the midfield. I mean, he would run around for days. Yeah. Yeah, so true, man. It really would. So uh, our good friend, Football Forever, saying America needs a plan B just in case Uribe leaves. And I think that the I think the board and, and, and the staff are actually contemplating a plan B just in case. Because if he has a tremendous World Cup, there's no, there's no stopping, you know, for example, uh, Napoli or a freaking Roma or or a Premier League side that has money to come in and just you know pay those twenty million and and, and take them. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna see, we're gonna see how that turns out too as well. So we'll keep you guys posted. A lot of news to come. Very little. We, we obviously had some news, very light news in the sense that we only got a right back. Um, but we'll keep updating you guys as as, as much as we can, and of course. Throughout the whole month of the World Cup, you guys can always come back here, whether you're an America fan or not. 
to talk everything about El Tri. Me and Dylan will do our best to cover the team as well as we can. And hopefully we can see this team make history like no other. Oh, wait, wait, wait. We, we did, we did, I did leave out something that I wanted to bring up too. That um, something that the Eagle Inside tweeted about some players that, uh, that were set out on loans. Like, for example, uh, uh, Osmar Maris at, uh, at uh, Puebla. You know, oh, in, oh, oh, yeah, the, yeah. Play, uh, the players that are going to be able to go on a free after. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, which, which which you know uh, is interesting because you know you think about the the back of uh, the caballeros too, which yeah, know. yeah, that's great. I think uh, me and you were talking about this too. It's great that you brought it up. I, th- I think it's America setting an example on in, in in not just in the sense that this thing should be over, but in the league too to say you know let's give these players the freedom that they deserve, no longer kind of hold them to their own grudge, um, just let them be and then and i think at the end of the day you win because you're not no longer need to pay them you know Mm -hmm. they're going to be able to go on on their own uh to be honest you were not going to get anywhere near what you bought them for so i think you know it's 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 the right move to make and it's it's smart and and i'm glad that we're kind of leading and and setting an example yeah i because i remember osmar Mares re-signed with with puebla so is that puebla now um I just, I just, I can't remember if um, Guerrero did the same thing too. I, I'm not for sure about none of the other players though, because it was Osmar Mares, uh, Guerrero, um, Eric Pimentel, uh, Martin Zuniga, and Moses Munoz. Which obviously I don't think Moses Munoz is is worried about that right now because he's off to Russia to do commentary with Fox. That's true. We'll have to wait and see exactly what happens, but I think that pretty much wraps up the news though. Yeah, yeah, I think we covered everything. Alrighty. Well, with that said, I think that's been the episode 22 for all of you. Thank you for joining us. And if you guys, for whatever reason, miss a live show, make sure you guys do check out iTunes and SoundCloud, where we will always be there for you to take us on the go. Mr. Dylan, thank you so much for coming out and, again, being the best co-host. Oh, no problem, man. Always Always fun to do this. Always fun to do this. (laughs) Definitely, always fun. Looking forward to the next episode, uh, and uh, looking forward to what should be the World Cup, because I think next time we pod, we already would have a World Cup game that has been played. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That is true. We'll, we'll be reviewing the previewing the Germany game already Germany. by then. Yeah, that's big. That's big news. Mm-hmm. That is big news. Uh, we're gonna try to get uh, someone from German blood to come down and then join us live. He's going to talk in everything German. We're not going to know exactly what he's saying, but we're going to appreciate it because we're, that's going to make us feel just that much closer to the team. <laughs> oh, man. Yes. I love that idea, man. Let's go ahead and do that. <laughs> All righty. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on this great little adventure. Thank you again. Shout out to Mr. Ricky himself for coming on the pod and being uh, just wonderful to have. We do apologize for the technical difficulties that we always seem to always have. I guess it wouldn't be a podcast without it, right, Dylan? Yeah, I don't think so either. <laughs> That's what we know. We're known for talking about uh, America, talking about El Tri, and always, but for sure, having technical difficulties on the show. <laughs> ah. Those dang technical difficulties. It's okay. But what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. But okay. with that said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us in episode 22. Again, follow us on uh, Twitter at Eagle Eye Pod. 
Remember, you guys can always find and keep up with the latest news if you guys do follow us there. And with that said, I hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Let's hope for a great Mexico win against Denmark. Let's hope for a little bit more news about Club America. But ultimately, let's uh, let's hope for no injuries and a good victory. Yes, no injuries, man. That's, that's the main goal for the, until Germany, man. No injuries whatsoever. All righty, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be seeing you guys. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your week. We'll be talking to you guys very, very soon. Until next time, take care.